Hey, Serve Scale Soar family. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be back with you for another income report. And this one is February 2021's income report. And I'm breaking down the numbers, the expenses, the things learned. And I'm going to be sharing with you did I win the dispute from January's chargeback or not? Let's jump on in and find out. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey y'all. Okay. So I'm super excited to be jumping into this January income report and I will share with you the numbers are not crazy or anything like that. I did learn some things and I'm going to break those down by looking at the numbers. So I definitely want to chat about that, but I also want to go deeper into the mindset shifts that had to happen in February to lead us into an amazing March. And so y'all February, we did $53,000. And some of you are like, Oh my goodness. Like I can't even imagine getting to there. And then some of you are like, whoa, Brandy, that's way lower than some of your other months. And yes, it is. But I'm okay with that because I'm all about going on this journey and learning along the way. I think that's been my biggest gift through this entrepreneurship journey is that it is that it's not a race. It is a journey. And who we become during that journey is what really, really matters. So I definitely want to talk about that. We're definitely going to talk about the numbers, of course, and expenses. And we're going to talk about profitability. So let's jump on in to, should I go on and tell you about the dispute? I know a lot of you have been messaging me. So let's just jump into that first. And then you have to promise me, say right now, Brandy, I promise I'll stay till the end. (laughs) And so it's so funny because I did not think this was going to be that big a deal. But a lot of you sent me messages like, oh my gosh, what happened with the PayPal dispute? from January's income report. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, make sure to go listen to January's income report and find out. But y'all, we won. And I have never been so excited about anything. My husband thought that like, I don't know, that I just won a million dollars or something. I was so excited. I was like, yes, we won. And here's the deal, y'all. It was not about the $19 and the $97. It had nothing to do with that. What it had everything to do was with the fact that we had such great systems in place that we were able to win that battle. And so we had terms and conditions. We had refund policies already put in place. And one of the biggest thing I see is when people come to me and they're like, Brandy, my client is late on their payment. What do I do? And I say, what does your contract say? That's always my default. I always go back to what does your contract say? And a lot of times they don't have contracts in place or they don't have late payment. Like what happens if a late payment happens or what happens if someone wants to cancel mid-contract? Those aren't in their contracts. And so it's always a learning lesson. What can we put in place? And so the real victory here was that we just had the systems and the terms in place to be able to actually present a case to PayPal and win which was really, really exciting to me. And so if you're sitting here and you're listening and you're like, oh, I hate contracts. Yes, we all hate contracts. They're super annoying, but contracts protect you. Terms and conditions protect you. Do you have these inside of your contracts? Do you have terms and conditions on your website? If you have a course 
our membership. Like, what do you need to put in place to make sure your business is legally sound? Because here's the thing. We all want to do the fun stuff, but we don't want to do the business stuff. And the business stuff is looking at your numbers. The business stuff is getting real about your expenses. The business stuff is having contracts in place so that you don't get screwed over. Business stuff is all the legal, all the accounting, all the HR stuff. That is all the business stuff that we always want to like forget about, but it's so important for keeping your business sound. So I would encourage you right now, if you don't have a contract, you need one. We provide contracts inside of ServeScaleSoar for our service providers and conversions for clients for this reason. It's so important. But here's the thing. These contracts aren't going to have every situation in them. And I truly believe that when something happens, it's a learning lesson for you to go look at your contract and add it. Sometimes we just have to have this stuff like happen to us, a failed payment, a late payment. So we know that we need it in there. But take my words right now that you need these things in your contract. So go look over your contract. When's the last time you actually reviewed it? How many of your clients aren't technically under contract right now because the contract is expired or you never sent one? It's a great time right now to say you're doing some spring cleaning in your business and get every single client on a contract. This is so, so important. And make sure that you have your terms laid out. You have a course or membership, make sure you have terms and conditions. What is your refund policy? Is is it labeled on the terms and conditions? These are really, really important things to have. So I want you to take ownership of that and look at the hard stuff, look at the business stuff and make sure that you are really sound, but know that there will come situations that come up that you were like, oh crap, we didn't have that in our contract and that's okay. This is the time to put it in there. These things happen to us so we can learn from them, fix them, and then move forward. So that's the first thing I wanted to share with you is we did win PayPal, which was super exciting. 100% not about the money, 100% about the bully and the fact that we have the systems in place and the legal documents that we need in order to win things like this, which is really exciting to me. So that was the big thing that happened. I mean, that wasn't the big thing, but that was one thing that happened, of course, And then we had an amazing vacation. We actually joined Disney Vacation Club. My good friend, Emily, who's been on the podcast, her and her husband joined. And as y'all know, we have been missing Florida. We have been missing Disney. And so we went and we got Disney Vacation Clubs. But this really weird thing happened, y'all. And what happened was that we used to be pass holders when we lived in Florida. And then when COVID hit we tried to cancel our passes because there was just all this stuff. Like we didn't want Riley to have to wear a mask because she was only at that point, she was only two. And they did have the rules where if they were three and older and we were like, okay, then that's fine. We'll still keep them. But as soon as they did it, where if they were two and older, they'd have to wear a mask. We decided we were going to get rid of our season passes. So I'll be honest, Disney, I love Disney, but how, and I know that they, like, no one ever knew that something like this would happen, but how they treated the pass holders and cancellation process and all of that was not the best. The customer service was super lacking there. And at the time, I will tell you that I was really upset about how they handled things. And so when it was all said and done, we were still like, mad because we didn't get a full refund for our tickets and we had like the most expensive ones and it took like several months to even get a refund well all that said I said like we're never going to Disney again I was 
just like being so dramatic. And I think about this with our business and how something happens and we're so quick to just dismiss people. We're so quick to dismiss just our business. Like, oh, I never want to do this because this one thing happened to me. And in this moment, and I'll tell y'all, like this was like at this point during Corona, it was the summer I was getting super stir crazy. And I was just like, I'm so pissed about Disney and all these things. And I just was like, you know, we're never going to Disney again. This is so ridiculous. And in that moment, it was just like, wow, Brandy, like that is not how we like work as a family. That's not how we work in business. That's not how we address issues. And why aren't we coming from a place of understanding and trying to see the bigger picture here? And so I just let it go. Like, whatever. We got some money back. Well, then when it came time to buy our Disney Vacation Club, we got it. But Disney has totally stopped selling annual passes. But what happened is I got an email and said, your annual pass is going to expire in one week. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how do I still have an annual pass? I thought these got canceled. Well, it turns out that Austin's pass did get canceled. And Riley at the time didn't have to have one because you don't have to have one until you're three. And mine didn't, which is why our refund that we got on them was so low was because it only canceled one of them. And so as we're talking to Disney and stuff, I was like, you know, like we did want to cancel these. I didn't lie. This is the same thing I tell all of you is when people ask for results, like what experience you have never lie, like tell the truth. It does not serve you to lie. And so I told her, I was like, yeah, we were really irritated. I tried to cancel the passes. Like somehow my husband's got canceled. It looks like, but mine's still valid and we want to renew them. And I said, my daughter just turned three. So she was an exception to the rule because she wasn't able and I was her mother. So after being super sweet to this woman and explaining everything to her and being really honest, they actually gave Austin a pass. They didn't give it to him. We had to buy it. But the thing here was that happened is, and there was a lot of runaround that we had to do because we're no longer Florida residents. We're in North Carolina and all this stuff. So it did take some time. But as I was going through this process, I was like, wow, I truly believe that the, and I tell my husband this all the time, that the universe is always conspiring in our favor. And I know some of you are like, Brittany, this is so silly. It's just Disney, but it's not. Because if that pass would have got canceled, and in that moment, I was so angry because they didn't, like, our refund was so low and stuff. But the universe is always conspiring in my favor because if mine would have got canceled too, we wouldn't have been able to get Disney passes and it would have cost us a lot more to go. Like the annual passes that we have, one trip to Disney and they're paid for. And so in that moment, I was like, dang, one, this is such a learning lesson because one, how I acted back in the summer was not okay. That was not an appropriate response to the situation. And I think that we're probably all at one point during this whole 2020, 2021 have had a moment where we've responded in a way that we wouldn't normally have responded under any other circumstances. And this is the point where I wanted you to take a minute to give yourself some grace that emotions are high. And I want you to have grace because that moment did not dictate me as a person. That was me in a moment. And feeling my emotions fully and not knowing how to respond. And some of you may be like, Brittany, this is such a ridiculous 
response, everything going on, people dying, things like that, and you're upset about Disney. And y'all, when we have these emotional experiences, I don't want to say outbursts because that's such like a negative word, but when we have these emotional experiences, it's usually not about that one thing. It's usually about everything that's been building up. And so I just want you to know that no matter how like solid your mindset is or how much you meditate or anything like that, like when we have these emotional responses that are uncharacteristic of us, give yourself some grace. It's okay because emotions are high. A lot of us don't know how to deal with the situations that are going on. It was a very emotionally charged year for a lot of us. And I just want you to know you're not alone in that. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that, you know, we're all learning to deal. And so I truly believe also from this, the universe is always conspiring in your favor. And so hold on to that. And even in these situations that feel like they're so like, ugh, not in our favor, just know that the universe always wants us to be succeeding and whatever that looks like for us. And so I truly believe that like the universe was totally on my side with this because now we have Disney passes, which brings me a lot of joy. We were able to go in February and take a week-long family vacation. We stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge for half of it and Wilderness Lodge for half of it. My daughter, I was so excited. It had always been a dream of mine since I was a little girl to go stay at Wilderness Lodge, but we could just never afford it. And so it was like my dream come true. We stayed, we walked out every morning. I had my coffee out on the porch and there was like zebras and wildebeest and water buffalo and warthogs and just all these really cool things that were just like roaming around as I'm drinking my coffee. And my daughter was not impressed. And I was like, what is wrong with you, child? We have animals right outside our porch and you are just like not having it. But she loves going to the parks. We had created so many memories. And yes, it was 100% different than the Disney that we are used to, but the magic was still there. And my daughter was so excited. And I was like, yes, this is why I do my business because I want to create these moments. I want to create these vacations, these memories. And she still talks about it. Like we're now a month later as I'm recording this. And she's still like, oh my gosh, you remember when we went on the Buzz Lightyear ride? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, and I sat on your lap and I got to shoot the gun and like hit Buzz. And I was like, yeah, it was so much fun. So, and we got to do the alien spinning saucers and she just had a stinking blast and we created memories and it was just so different to experience with the mask and all that. And it was totally like Our mind was just in the fact that we were able to have these experiences and be so grateful for that. And so it was just such a great reminder of why we have our business, especially when 2020, we weren't able to do a lot of that. And I was just like, oh man, like I'm just on fire right now. Like I love my business because I can create these memories. And what's really cool is because of my business, I'm helping other families create these memories, which I love. And I always am so grateful for when we go on vacation, because I know other people can do that as well. So definitely a lot of learning lessons around Disney. And then as soon as I got back from Disney, we had a week or so, it was like 10 days. And then I was off to Sedona for a retreat to get away to do some mindset work. And so I was in Sedona. And one thing that I do, and I posted on my Instagram story, is one thing that I do now when I travel 
is I book first class, especially when I'm going to the West Coast. I don't always do it like to North Carolina to Florida. I'm not necessarily going to do it because it's like an hour flight, but out to the West Coast, I'm definitely going to do it because it's a five hour flight. And that's my form of self-care. So I think that we all have definitions of self-care. And a lot of times that we let society dictate what our self-care is. And I've done this. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't do self-care because I don't like to take baths. I don't like to like just sit and like do a mask or like go get a pedicure or a massage. Like that's not my thing. And I've let society dictate what self-care looks like. And for me, self-care really looks like booking first class because when I'm in the first class, one, I have more room. I'm able to sleep. You get food, you get drinks. Like I'm just a happier person. Like if I have to sit in the back between two other people, squished all that for five hours and I can't get up and move and stuff like that, like I'm not going to be a happy person. I'm going to be in a bad mental place. So I think one thing that I want people to know is that you need self-care and it doesn't have to look like what everyone else defines self-care as. It can be what you define self-care as. And we talk a lot about this with success and it's so true. I think the more that we can define what something is for us, the better that we'll all be. So I've talked about how we should define success on our own terms. Like what does success look like for you? We've also now talked about defining self-care on your terms and not societies and not everyone else's. You don't have to go to the gym and work out for an hour, or go to the spa or get a massage. That's not necessarily self-care for you. So what is self-care for you? Because it is important. So mine is flying first class, 100%. That is a form of self-care for me. And I've also really got into the infrared sauna. So I booked a membership where I go twice a week to the infrared sauna, and I absolutely love that. And that's a form of self-care. So I want to know what is your definition of self-care and how are you incorporating it into your life? Because as I'm talking about first class, it's that stinking cliche that said, like, when you're on an airplane, you have to put your mask on before you put the mask on or help your child because you can't help anyone if you're not helping yourself. And so I really, really want you to think about like how, what is self-care to me and how can I incorporate it more into my life? And so I'm going to be really honest with y'all. I didn't want to share this story because I didn't want you to think like all the things. Like I had this story in my head about what you would think of me if I shared this. And then I remembered that the reason that I do the income reports is because I, one, wanted to track my million dollar year. But two, the big reason why we continue to do them even after last year is because I want there to be more transparency in the online space around the revenue numbers, like the numbers that people are throwing out. I want there to be more transparency. And so that's why we do this. And that's why I have these. And so if I didn't share this with you then it would totally be out of integrity. Like I would not be an integrity of what I set out to do these. It would be more about all the glamour and Disney vacations and first class and not like the real struggles. So I'm going to share this story with you. And so I flew out to Sedona and I was doing mindset retreat and stuff like that. And as we flew out, I've really been struggling with having conversions for clients, my course on Facebook ad managers. And it's not because I don't think the content's good. People get results like every day. It's so insane. It's not because it takes up a lot of my time. I just don't know. I've been struggling with conversions for clients. 
and having it as a course. So I flew out to Sedona knowing I was going to get rid of this program. And y'all, if you don't remember, last year, Conversions for Clients, I created in January and it brought in over a half a million dollars. So it was the majority of our revenue came from this program. And I was kind of like, yes, I'm going to throw it out. Like, you know, like I'm not relying on this. And I did a lot of work in Sedona, had a coach. He was helping me with a lot of mindset stuff. And I was also reading The Big Leap, which I highly recommend to anyone. This is the thing that I needed to get figured out. Like, what am I going to do with this course? I have to launch it one more time. Sorry, told people the team, like, sorry, done. Like, we have to launch it one more time. But like, why am I having all this resistance to this program? Like, what is going on? And by the end of this retreat, what we found out is that the fact, because I kept on using an excuse, it has to be updated, it has to be updated. But the thing was, it had to be updated anyway. Like, there was, there's a bunch of changes happening to Facebook. I was going to have to update it regardless. But what we really looked at is I was almost experiencing this upper limit where that program brought in the majority of the revenue and I was about to throw it out. And subconsciously, I was kind of doing a little bit of self-sabotage because what if, and I'll tell you, and I can't even believe I'm sharing this stuff, is, you know, we did million last year and then it was kind of like, well, was it a fluke? Like we had this one program that did over half of it. And does that mean like it was a fluke? What if we don't hit million again? And I really struggled with that. And so being able to be like, oh, I'm going to throw this program out was kind of a way of self-sabotaging because everything that I was coming out and saying like, oh, it's because of this, it's because of this, it was because of this are all things that could have been fixed or they had to be fixed anyway. And I was just ready to throw it out. And subconsciously, I was hitting my upper limit. And this was my way of self-sabotaging. So if you haven't read The Big Leap, I really, really encourage you to read it. But also coming out of this, this is why it's really, really important to surround yourself with people, get in a community and be willing to answer hard questions and always be working on your mindset. Because the thing is, if I wasn't super aware of my mindset, if I didn't have a coach, if I wasn't part of a, this group coaching program or anything like that, then I would have thrown out this course and that didn't serve me. But more importantly, it didn't serve all the students that I have that see tremendous results. Like it's so insane. And this is one thing that I'm, I do every time we launch, but I realize I need to be doing it more is when I read through and see the stories of the students who were able to quit their job. So they never, Carolyn, she's been on the podcast, she's pregnant when she joined us and she never wanted to have to leave her baby and go back to a nine to five. Cause she had to do that with her first daughter and it was like the hardest thing ever. And now because of conversions for clients, she doesn't have to do that. She gets to be at home with both of her kiddos. And then we have someone else who their husband just lost his job and she was able to fully provide for her family because of her ad management business. And then we have like Ashley Monk, who's been on the podcast, who went from charging $500 a month to now charging $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 per month. So she is building an agency. But not only that, now she's pregnant 
and she gets to like never know what it's like not to have her business and be a working mom. They get to work from home and make her own choices. And then we have Holly, which is a digital nomad who travels all over Europe when she can, who joined us in because of conversions for clients. She now charges over $3,000 per client. She is able to go stay in swinky hotels instead of staying in hostels. She is just living her best life. The stories go on and on. They don't stop there. And the thing is, I was going to throw this out because I was hitting my upper limit. And what I wasn't thinking about is how many lives won't be impacted because I was afraid. I was self-sabotaging. And so we don't know these things unless we're surrounding ourselves with people who challenge us, that want bigger things, that can see the blind spots that we can't see in the moment. We can't see this if we're not working on our own mindset. And so if anything, one thing I want you to know is just because you hit a certain figure doesn't mean all your mindset problems go away. And they're not problems. They're things that we just have to be aware of and learn from. And so here is what I want to tell you is whenever you're having these thoughts, I really want you to recognize, is it because this is what I truly want or is this because I'm hitting an upper limit? And the other thing I challenge you to do is go read The Big Leap. I think it will really change a lot of your businesses, a lot of your lives, because not only that, but I was able to see a lot of things that I was doing in my relationship because of my business and hitting an upper limit that were translating into my marriage, my family situation. And so when we're able to recognize that we can change because everyone talks about work-life balance. There is no thing is work-life balance. When we're entrepreneurs, they all flow together. And when one's not working, the other one's not working either. So we got to fix it all. And so I would challenge you, go read that book, really sit down and see where you have maybe limiting yourself because of a fear, because of a belief and figure out what that is, because that will serve you more than anything. So that was a big, big thing for Sedona. So don't like, I love conversions for clients. I love my students. We actually, as you listen to this, we'll have just closed the doors to conversions for clients for this year. And so it's an incredible thing, this entrepreneurship, the mindset, the challenges, the how much we grow as people. And that's why it's a journey and not a race, y'all. And that's why you should be focused on the person you become during the journey and not the end result. And so one more thing, I think that that wraps it up with everything that like happened emotionally, mentally, traveling, business-wise. But I do want to go over the numbers because I know that's why you're here. And just a reminder, last year we talked about revenue generated, cash This year, I'm talking about cash, like money that's actually been in the bank, because I think that will actually serve us more than just revenue generated. I've been seeing a lot of people throw out numbers like, oh, we're having a $5 million business, but they haven't collected all that cash, y'all. And so I really want to talk about, let's talk about cash, like money in the bank, because what if you are generating, you know, $100,000 but then 50% of your payments fail and you're only at 50,000 or whatever it is, and then you have expenses. So I wanna talk about real money, not projected money, revenue generated. This year, let's get real and talk about cash money in the bank. So also that's why some of these numbers may be lower than last year's. It's not because we're like 
doing worse than last year or anything. It's actually because we're just talking about cash flow through the bank. I also, this brings up a point is I was having all the feels that we were behind. And I actually think this happened to me in March, but let's just put it in this one is I was having all these feels that we were behind where we were last year. And I kind of like spiraled. I was like, oh my gosh, we're not going to hit million and all this stuff. And when I went and looked at the numbers, we were actually well over what we were for last year at the exact same time. So this is why numbers are so important because numbers don't have emotions. They're just numbers. So when you're feeling these feels like, oh, I'm not doing good enough or blah, blah, go back and look at your numbers. And I didn't go back and look at like December's numbers. I looked at where we were last year at this exact same time. So that's really, really important, y'all. Okay, so let's break down the numbers. It was a little bit over $53,000 cash money in the bank month. Beta to Biggie brought in $22,000. ServeScale Store brought in over $14,000. Conversions for Clients brought in over $14,000. Delighted with Dubsado brought in just over $400. Affiliate income was over $1,300. And services were over $2,000. Y'all, six streams of revenue. So I don't believe all of you need six streams of revenue. But what I want you to know is how many revenue streams do you have? This is a big focus for me this year. This is why we rolled out beta to biggie. So service providers can start creating multiple streams of revenue with a course or membership and also having their services. This is not an either or thing. This is a both. And so six streams of revenue is what we had. And then our expenses were 33,286. And that broke down into affiliate payments. Payroll was $12,000. So that's my pay. That's all of our contractors. Marketing budget, $327. So I spent $327 on Facebook ads in February. Software was $4,400. And I looked at that and I was like, holy bananas, what the heck happened? But we invested in a program called Hyros, which was $3,500. So it was only about $900 actually in software besides Hyros. We invested in Hyros, which is a tracking So server-to-server tracking. So with everything going on with Facebook ads and things like that, we really wanted to have some kind of better tracking. And so that's what we paid for. And I paid $3,500. That's for six months. That was our big expense. And then legal and bookkeeping because taxes and all that. So I had to pay that. And so legal and bookkeeping was $3,300. Education was more. It was 9000 last month. I invested in a program that was 2000 and then the normal. And then I'm also going to a conference. So I went on and bought my ticket for that. Travel was 1700 That was for my airfare and stuff like that out in Sedona. And then merchant fees. So what the credit card people take out for processing was 1600 So we ran at 38% profitability. And y'all know my goal is always 50%. So we were a little bit lower. And as I'm looking at this, it's not what can we cut? It's how can we bring in more revenue? Or what are some expenses that we won't have next month? So like our education bill won't be as much next month. Also high rows I paid for for six months. So like looking at that, I'm not concerned about it. This is why we track month after month. Last month, I think it was around 60. This one's around 40. So y'all, I'm not worried about that. We'll look at it at the end of next month at a quarterly and see where we're at. But what's so cool is I know that we're over what we were last year at this exact same time for cash money in the bank, which is always, always a good thing. 
So I hope this helped you. I hope that through all my lessons I learned that you can take something away and learn. And I would love for you to send me an Instagram DM. Let me know what was your big takeaway from this income report. And y'all, I love doing these for you. Sometimes they are hard for me to look back and make sure that I'm sharing and being fully transparent with you. But that is the only way that I will continue doing this if I can continue to be fully transparent with you. So y'all, till next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.